Hey, everybody, just a quick note before we begin this week. NPR is doing its annual survey to better understand how listeners like you spend time with podcasts. So please help us out by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org slash podcast survey. That's all one word. We would really appreciate your help to support NPR podcasts. That's npr.org slash podcast survey. And thanks. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Let me take those suitcases for you. You've got a Bill Hop, Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chicago. It's great to see you. This is a very exciting week because we are doing our show for the first time from our new home, the Studebaker Theater. It's right on Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago. It is a beautiful, historic theater. And as we get settled in here, I just want to say I hope we can live up to the innovation and forward-thinking creativity conjured up by the name Studebaker. Later on, we're going to be talking to a historical figure himself, SNL veteran Kenan Thompson. But first, it's your turn to help us baptize this place. The number is one wait wait That's one 888 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Ricardo from Bellevue, Washington. Hey, Ricardo. How are things in Bellevue? Uh, rainy. Yes. <laughs> that goes without saying, I'm told. <laughs> and, and what do you do there? I'm a scientist at a pharmaceutical company. You're a scientist at a pharmaceutical company. Are you one of the bad pharmaceutical companies <laughs> or one of the good pharmaceutical companies? I feel like Glinda. I, I think we're one of the good ones, but we're in the news a lot, so that's oh. subjective. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. Is your laboratory in a giant human skull on an island in the middle of the ocean? <laughs> that could be an indicator. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Well, Ricardo, welcome to the show. Let me introduce you formally to our panel this week here in the stage of the Studebaker. First, it's a comedian you can see in Minneapolis on June 18th at the Cedar and in Chicago from June 23rd to the 25th at the Den Theater. It's Hari Kondabolu. Next, her podcast is Fake the Nation, and she is starring in season two of the HBO Max Adult Swim series, Bird Girl, premiering on June 19th. It's Nagin Farsaw. Hello. And finally, the host of the daily podcast, TBTL, and the public radio variety show, Live Wire, which will be live at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, Thursday, June 16th. It's Luke Burbank. Hey, Ricardo. Hey, hello. So, Ricardo, welcome to the show. I bet you anticipated this. We're going to start this time for a change with Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from the week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Uh, As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Your first quote is actually from Attorney General Bill Barr, who is testifying on video about Donald Trump's claims that the elections was stolen. I told the president it was... That tape of Mr. Barr was played at the opening of big hearings this week investigating what? Uh, The January 6th insurrection? Yes, indeed, the January 6th insurrection. After 
After months and months of anticipation, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack had their first public hearings to show their work on Thursday, putting aside the fact that House Select sounds like the generic coffee they sell at Target. <laughs> the, the, the Democrats kept promising that they had all this amazing new gotcha evidence, but it's all stuff Donald Trump proudly just says in the open. They have a smoking gun. The problem is Trump handed it to them after he shot that guy on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> well, it is like a foregone conclusion, but you know when you're watching like an episode of The Office that you've seen a hundred times, yeah. but you still watch it? <laughs> That's what this committee is. Like right. we all know it's all true. We know the conclusion. It's all very obvious, but it's fun kind of going back and revisiting those jokes. It's like, true. Sure, like when Jamie Raskin looks right into the camera. Oh, like, yeah. Get a load of Dwight. <laughs> I know. Love that part of the hearing. Oh, it's all fun. It's all fun. Remember that episode of, of Looney Tunes when uh, Wiley Coyote catches the Roadrunner and, and eats him? Yeah. Yeah. There is no episode like that. This, right. is, this is not going to lead to anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so throughout the hearings, we learned more and more about how Mike Pence, of all people, saved the country from destruction that day. It is now the duty of all Americans to remember that may be true, but that guy still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's like finding out that unflavored oatmeal won World War II. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You know what may have happened. We don't, this might have changed. That fly, that fly might have been his conscience, like Jiminy Cricket. Mike, you have to do what's right. You know. And and so the hearings were in fact covered on Thursday by all the major networks, except for uh, Fox, not Fox News, Fox Network. They, instead of showing the live hearings, uh, showed of all things Master Chef Junior. Mm. <laughs> Matt Gates was caught on a hot mic saying, Master Chef Junior, you say? <laughs> Grab me my Venmo. Master Chef, she told me she was 18? Yes, exactly. <laughs> new theater, new rules. <laughs> All right, here is your next quote The work week is a cultural construct. Let's change the week. That was British actor Stephen Fry in a video promoting this bold new program in the United Kingdom. They're trying an experiment to make the work week how long? Oh, uh, four days. Four days, that's okay. right. This week, thousands of workers in the United Kingdom are participating in this four-day work week experiment. No change in their pay. It, this reduces their time at work by 20% for most employees, except for the royal family, who are increasing their work week by four days. <laughs> if, implemented, if implemented nationwide, it's just a, a sort of a pilot program, but if implemented nationwide, experts warn this new work week with a standard three-day weekend will lead to unheard of levels of brunch. <laughs> I feel like we all, I mean, obviously everyone has different kinds of jobs and there are folks that are working, you know, in medical care and are absolutely working, you know, wild hours and working very hard. People like me, podcasters mm -hmm. and radio hosts, we could do this in about two hours a week. Yeah. Let's be honest. And we don't, I don't want the British government knowing that. I realize I'm discussing this, this topic with people who don't have jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, to me, this is like, oh, this is going to cut a day out of my alone time. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> really, you guys are like, wow, four days a week? Yeah. How am I going to find three days of things to do? Yeah. <laughs> I had to Google work week. <laughs> All right, here, Ricardo, is your last quote. I may be straight, but I don't hate. That charming T-shirt was being sold at Walmart. That was one of the many corporations trying their best <laughs> to celebrate what this month? Yes, Pride, Pride Month. <laughs> Which we find out every year that the only thing worse than major corporations ignoring important advances in civil rights is them trying to help. For example, <laughs> in Australia, this is true, Burger King there introduced the Pride Month Whopper, which is a standard Whopper, <laughs> except the bun is now either two tops or two bottoms. Uh, <laughs> That is true. Do you know that is proof that Burger King, as, as for all their enthusiasm, may not know as much about the LGBT lifestyle <laughs> as it thinks. But I mean, I think it's exciting that they're finally releasing like the sexuality of these buns. That's true. I had just looked at them as bread before and not a, at them. all a sexual object. Yeah, so. like the power bottom chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a real power move by Burger King because it puts pressure on all the other places. Because as far as I'm concerned, now McDonald's is homophobic. Exactly. Like, you know, what are you doing? I got not, they're not proving me otherwise, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm loving it, and by it I mean heterosexual relationships. <laughs> mm. Bill, how did Ricardo do in our quiz? We are proud of Ricardo's prideful score. Three and oh. Well He's done. Yeah. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for calling. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. So much. Bye bye. <laughs> Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Hurry, a review of new research in the Atlantic Monthly finds one positive outcome of the pandemic. What now counts as exercise? Is it walking to a bakery? Ah, uh, would that it were. No. It's something uh, you actually do at home or can do at home or might do at home. People do it all the time. Uh, brush your teeth. Close. No. Shower. No, it's something people are often doing while they're brushing their teeth. Um, listening to NPR. No, again, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? But no, um, I'll give you a hint. I'm doing it right now. Oh, ew. <laughs> <laughs> no. Either. Jeez. Standing? Yes, standing now counts as exercise. People gave up their normal daily physical activities. Like, you know, during the pandemic, we didn't go to work. So we weren't running for buses. We weren't ducking down the other hallway to avoid Hillary from marketing. Talk about her yoga class again. Then, while everybody was at home, right, they all became extra conscious of intentionally trying to move. So people started giving themselves credit for just standing, right? Oh my God. That counts now as exercise. So at some point over the last two years, when you got up, walked to the fridge to get a snack and thought that walk counted as exercise, not only were you right, but apparently you overdid it and you should take a rest week. Hmm. Do you know what this means, What? Peter? Hurry. See, I'm a stand-up comedian. Yes. Right? <laughs> I am now a professional athlete. You're not only that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My God, this is a dream. This is an absolute dream. You're, an in, you're, you're actually an endurance athlete. Yeah. Oh, right? my God. Just like your audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's honest. It's why it hurts. Just stand up. Just stand up. Never back down. We gonna just stand. Just stand up. Just stand. Never back down. We gonna just stand. Coming up, pandemic? What pandemic? It's our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Nagin Farsad, Luke Burbank, and Hari Kondabolu. And here again is your host... At the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Mark Meyer from Imesville, Maryland. Imesville, Maryland. I don't know where that is. Where is it? Yeah, we're about 30 miles northwest of D.C. All right. Beautiful farm country. Is it far enough from D.C.? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the wind, however, is blowing in the wrong direction. Uh, what do you do there? A swamp is an environment. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I am on paternity leave, so I am a full-time dad. Oh, good for oh, you. Respect. Is it, when you say uh, paternity leave, does that mean you just had a baby? Your baby is quite new in this world? Yeah. He is five months old, and oh. my days are, are filled with trying to figure out how to entertain him and figuring out which dad archetype I'm going to class into. Right. <laughs> I understand. I understand. That's awesome. And how are you enjoying being a full-time dad? You know, it, it's good. I'm, we're, we're getting to have an understanding, and I'm getting to learn to appreciate the little things. Like, he can, he can learn how to travel by rolling now. And rolling. And travel on me, he goes exactly where I don't want him to. Right. <laughs> All right, Mark, welcome to the show. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What, Bill, is Mark's topic? The pandemic is over. No, that's not just an April 2020 quote from your uncle. (laughs) This week we saw a real and surprising sign that somebody has put COVID in the rearview mirror. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice, and your voicemail. You ready to play? Absolutely. This is surreal. All right. I'm I'm going to ask, what is your, your baby doing right now? Uh, sleeping, and God willing, he will continue to do so. All right, well, let's get this moving then. First up, let's hear from Luke Burbank. There's nothing worse than ordering a dish at a restaurant only to find out that it comes out bland or under-seasoned. Well, a restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona has been getting attention lately for its novel solution to this problem, self-serve salt, or more accurately, an entire wall made out of bricks of Himalayan rock salt that customers are encouraged to lick. The staff does clean the wall down every once in a while, but the owners claim the salt contains its own natural sanitary properties, which make it okay for folks to lick, caress, and generally treat the wall like a 10th grader under the bleachers getting their first action during prom. (laughs) The Scottsdale Health Department has been surprisingly mum on the topic so far. Also mum, online reviews of the wall. I mean, the restaurant's food, sure, but no reviews so far that I could find of how the wall actually tastes. Give it a week, though, and there will definitely be somebody on Yelp saying they've licked a way better salt wall somewhere (laughs) at this other place for way cheaper. A Himalayan salt wall at a restaurant in Scottsdale, which you were happy to go up and lick, along with every other person in the place. Your next story of somebody getting past the pandemic comes from Nagin Farsad. Cartwell is a decades-old clothier based in Bethesda, Maryland, that makes one signature look 
cargo pants. <laughs> During the pandemic, Cartwell had a significant decline in sales, but in a recent press release, Cartwell heralded a 152% increase in sales. Kathy Britton, a spokesperson for Cartwell, said unabashedly, this is a sign that the pandemic is over, people are on the go, so people need pockets. In fact, their spring 2022 line includes a version of the classic cargo pant in a truly abhorrent khaki blend that has even more pockets. Cartwell has found that people wanted specialized pockets for hand sanitizer and for masks broken down by mask intensity, a pocket for a singular string of floss, a pocket for your anti-anxiety meds, a pocket for no-dos when anti-anxiety meds work too well. <laughs> they even created a special pocket to carry a mini conversation guide because even though people are on the go, they have totally forgotten how to speak to other humans. The pandemic is over. How do we know? Cargo pants are back. Your last story of getting COVID over with comes from Hari Kondabolu. The annual Gregory Pipgrass Fair in Nixonville, Virginia is back. The city council voted to allow the fair to return despite the risk of COVID. The fair is also bringing back two of its more dangerous events. The kissing booth kisses social distancing goodbye. The most searchtastic event, however, is the smelly breath contest, which literally involves open mouth breathing in the faces of a panel of judges to find out who has the worst breath. The city council vote was three to two with all three yes votes being made by members of the Pipgrass family who started the fair back in 1928. It's important to note that Gregory Pipgrass served in World War I but died shortly after he returned home in 1918 as one of the first victims of the Spanish flu epidemic. That being said, what better way to honor him than a super spreader event in his name? All right, we know that at least to some people, the pandemic is absolutely over. And we know it because, was it, from Luke Burbank, a salt lick wall at a restaurant in Scottsdale, a company from Nigin Farsad that makes cargo pants and sales are through the roof, meaning that people are going outside with things to carry, or from Hari Kondabulu, the Gregory Pipgrass Fair is back at the insistence of the Pipgrass family kissing booth and all. Well, I'm going to hope C isn't true, and I feel like as a new dad, I definitely would have heard of cargo pants, and if it is true, I'm going to head down there very shortly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but judging by the deer in my, in my neighborhood, I'm going to go with A. I believe a, a salt lick would attract right. a lot of people. The salt lick at the restaurant in, I believe, Scottsdale it was. All right, that's your choice. Well, we spoke to a reporter following this real story. I think when people hear just it's a salt wall, there's just that general question of, can you lick it? Yeah, you, you can lick that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Grayson Ferguson. He's a writer who covers restaurants around the Tucson and Phoenix areas. He was talking about the wall of salt at this particular restaurant in Scottsdale. Uh, congratulations. You picked correctly. You earned a point for Luke. But more importantly, you earned our prize for yourself, a voice of your choice from anyone here for your voicemail. Congratulations. You're a winner. Thank you so much. I, I, I grew up watching this show. It's been, a, it's been a great honor. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. And now it's time for the game where we reward someone else's long career with a short diversion into ours. Keenan Thompson holds a record never to be broken. 
of having the longest tenure as a cast member on Saturday Night Live since 2003, but he's been performing for much longer than that, starring in his first sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon when he was 14. For all we know, his first words as a baby were, give me a place and an occupation. Kenan Thompson, <laughs> welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. So you, you, were you one of those little kids who just wanted to be an actor or performer like your entire childhood? That's all you wanted to do? I guess kind of. I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things that like went with sports and went with like other after school activities or whatever. Yeah. And then I realized like around 10th grade that I wasn't a tall, overly athletic person. So I was like, maybe I'll just stick with this acting thing. Yeah. <laughs> we found a clip of you as a youth movie reviewer for CNN <laughs> when you must have been like 13 years old. It's like That's right. The my first movie that I critiqued was the first Mighty Ducks. The first Mighty Ducks. <laughs> so what did you, oh, this is, I, I realize why this is relevant because you, of course, were in the subsequent Mighty Ducks movies. What did you think of the exactly. first Mighty Ducks? I thought it was a good movie. I mean, I got to interview a couple of the kids, so I met them at, like, a local hockey rink that I didn't even know Atlanta had at the time. <laughs> right. And they were skating around, and, like, I just thought they were the coolest guys on the planet. And I was like, man, I would just love to kind of be doing what they're doing. And, and then, like, a year later, I got to try out for the second one. Really? It was, awesome. it was like, super kismet, yeah. Wow. Did it have anything to do with you gave them a positive review? In my mind, yes. Yes, because everybody knows that Keenan on CNN could make or break a film. How in, how in the world? With my popcorn scale. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, you had it. Could you explain the popcorn scale? Because I love this. Yeah, four popcorns, you did a good job. <laughs> and three popcorns, That's two popcorns. Did you ever give anybody like one or zero popcorns? I feel like I gave something like an unpopped kernel one time. Whoa! <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess if you, if you send like a 13-year-old to review movies, that's what's going to happen. How in the world did yeah. you get that gig? Like, what was it like about Kenan Thompson, age 13 or whatever it was, CNN, CNN said, we want this guy to review movies on our air. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly TBS, I think, and it was like this, you know, news kids show or whatever where kids read the news to other kids early in the morning because... Mm. You know, you know how kids are. They want to, like, watch the news before they go to school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I just want you to know, uh, those then, kids, Keenan, you grew up to become a world-famous comedian and actor, but the kids who were watching you doing the news, they grew up to be our listeners. You should see the Nickelodeon <laughs> coverage of the January 6th insurrection. <laughs> That's amazing. They keep sliming Ted Cruz. It's amazing. <laughs> So you, you, you joined SNL in, in 2003, Saturday Night Live, yeah. and you are yeah. now the longest tenured cast member of that show. And it, you also, I found out, this is kind of cool, the first person to be on the show who was born after its debut, which is interesting. Did you grow yeah, up? Yeah, I got a bunch of stats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> Keenan, can yeah. I ask, have, have, you, have you squashed your beef with Samuel L. Jackson? I think I did. I think I finally went back and forth in the tabloids enough to squash that beef. I, I, and make I, it, I, not, not being as au courant with the tabloids, what was your beef with yeah. Samuel L. Jackson? I'm sorry, I don't know. I didn't personally have a beef. He had a beef with me because he ended up letting the F word fly during a What's Up With That appearance. And he was blaming it on me 
<laughs> and then he thinks that that's the reason why he hasn't been back to host the show for a long time. All right. And so Samuel <laughs> Jackson, who literally is famous for having the filthiest mouth of any working actor, comes on Saturday yeah. Night Live and he accidentally drops an F-bomb, which is what he does yeah. all day, every day. But Keenan, you were supposed to step on the line. That was his argument, right? That was his argument, but at the same time, you know, the cue card only had the letter F. It didn't have the full word. <laughs> all right. So, okay. All right. So, so this is one. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this. You correct me. This is one of those things where his line is something along the lines of what the F and you're supposed to jump in and prevent him from finishing yeah. the word, right? And you did not yeah. jump in with the appropriately uh, specific timing, pinpoint timing. And so he went on to say the word. And he went like, on to say the word twice, and then I <laughs> So, I had to say something. So, <laughs> if he said it twice, it was like, first he says it, like, what the F? He says the word, and then he looks at you angry, he goes, why the right. F did you make me do that? <laughs> right. So, like, I'm reacting in real time to the fact that Samuel Jackson just dropped an F-bomb, and I'm like, okay, well, that's not great. And then I'm, like, trying to, like, get back on track or whatever. And then he like let another one fly, and I'm like, yo, I don't know, like we gotta pay for those. Right. <laughs> what and what what did you do? I, I ad libbed uh, the line like, "Take it easy, we have to pay for those," and it got a big laugh. There you are, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, Keenan Thompson, we could talk to you all day, but we do have a game to play—a game we're calling "Leaving So Soon." So you've been at your job at Leaving Saturday Night so Live, soon. as we have discussed, for a record amount of time, we thought we'd ask you about three people whose tenure at their jobs was incredibly short. Answer two to three questions uh -huh. about people who only lasted a day or so on the job, and you'll win our prize for one of our listeners, Bill, who is Keenan Thompson playing for. And Schiffel Miller of Omaha, Nebraska. And Schiffer Miller. And Schiffer Miller. Here's your first question, Keenan. An attorney who had just been hired at a government office quit after one day on the job. He says that it was what that made him so uneasy? Was it A, his office contained no furniture at all except for a single bar stool? B, during the employee orientation meeting he had to attend, every single other employee introduced themselves with their name and exactly how many days they had left before retirement? Hmm. Or C, the person who gave him a tour of the office said, and here are the human restrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with C because that's disturbing. No, it was actually B. Everybody said, I'm Bob, I'm an accounts receivable, and I have one year, three months, and four days left. And so he was like, I am out of here. All right, still have two more chances. Another guy, an office worker, on his first day, he was introduced to the office, he was shown into his particular office, and then all of a sudden, a little while later, everybody heard this guy screaming at the top of his lungs. They ran in. And he was fired when he explained that he was screaming because, was it, A, he had just realized they wanted him to show up five days a week, B, he had just gotten killed in the World of Warcraft game he was playing at his desk, or C, he just wanted to see how loud he could scream. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, maybe B, he's playing World of Warcraft? The answer was C. He just wanted to see how loud he could scream. I knew it. Did, why didn't I you just say it, it then? 
I knew it wouldn't be B again. I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about it. You have one more chance to get something. Harlan Ellison was an acclaimed science fiction writer back in the 70s, but he only lasted a few hours when Disney hired him to write movies on the lot. What did he do to get fired that first day? A, he turned off the freezer where they kept Walt Disney's body. <laughs> B, he acted out a porn movie starring Mickey Mouse and his friends in front Hilarious. of the studio head. Or C, he pitched a new teen movie to the executives, The Computer That Murdered Everyone. Mm. <laughs> I think I'm going A, he turned off the freezer. <laughs> so you're, you're suggesting that not only is the story that Walt Disney, his body was frozen to be revived later true, but that he is in a freezer that ha employees have access to. <laughs> That's your supposition here. So is that the answer? No. Hey, all right, man. I know, I know. I understand when someone has priorities. No, the answer was, uh, it was actually B. He went, the first day, he went with his friends down to the commissary. He said, oh, we can do a porn movie. He apparently was very proud of his Mickey Mouse impersonation. And he acted out this whole porn movie with dialogue and says he did not realize until much later that Roy Disney was sitting behind him the whole time. <laughs> Bill, how did Kenan Thompson do in our quiz? Well, Kenan, you'll always have the ducks. <laughs> exactly. Thanks least, for being here. At least I get to be myself. <laughs> we love you. Uh, we do. Keenan Thompson is the longest serving cast member on Saturday Night Live. It just wrapped its 47th season. Oh, Keenan Thompson, thank you so much for being with us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. What a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Take care, Keenan. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. You too. In just a minute, a hunk a hunk of burning limericks. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to join us on the air. We'll be back with more. Wait, wait, don't tell me. From NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Indeed. A great team can quickly adapt to a changing world, but how do you quickly build? A great team. For that, you need Indeed. Interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. Save time when hiring with Indeed's virtual interviews and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job. Plus, earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits. Visit Indeed.com slash wait to learn more. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor SmartWool. SmartWool's new lightweight and breathable activewear is here to help keep you cool and comfortable on even the hottest days. With naturally performing merino wool that beats the heat, the sweat, and the stink during every activity under the sun. So no matter how much you push, persist, or play, get out there with naturally breathable activewear and enjoy 15% off your first purchase when you sign up for SmartWool's mailing list. 
From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Hari Kondabolu, Luke Burbank, and Nagin Farsad. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute... Bill works his way up from the mail rhyme in our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call. one wait wait That's 1-888-9248-924. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Hurry, a lawyer has published a helpful guide on how to do what without getting arrested. <laughs> Kill people? <laughs> That'd be some lawyer. Can you give me a hint? I sure can. This is step one, and this is more or less the case. Uh, make sure you do not start a fire with your pink-colored smoke bomb. Get away with doing a gender reveal even if it causes a fire? Yes, it's how to do a gender reveal party without getting arrested. The gender reveal parties, they all started out very mild. Uh, you cut into a cake and it's pink inside, so it's a girl. And if it's blue inside, it's a boy. And somewhere along the line it became, you fill a passenger dirigible with hydrogen. <laughs> and if when it explodes, the flames are blue, it's a boy. So Catherine Hodder, Esquire of findlaw.com, has written how to have a gender reveal party and not get arrested. She notes disasters at the parties have resulted in personal injury claims, property damage lawsuits, and charges of involuntary manslaughter, or if it's pink, involuntary woman slaughter. <laughs> such a bad... I don't get why people do it. I don't understand why it's such a big thing. Eventually your kid might ask, well, how did you find out what my... What my sex was going to be. Oh, we accidentally set your grandmother on fire. Right. <laughs> but also, is, why is the party exciting for anyone? Mm-hmm. It's one of two things. It's right. not like a huge surprise. Yeah. I remember, I remember many years ago, a friend of mine uh, had a baby. And he said, wow, it was a girl. Like the last thing we expected. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, we had boy, okay, we what's had the dragon, <laughs> boy, dragon, six Griffin. pack of hot dogs, <laughs> block and tackle system from an old school scaling ship. Could have been anything. Turned out it was a girl. Who expected? It's okay. Nagin, a paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh, mm. says that based on fossil records, he would expect human beings to respond to global warming by eventually doing what? Oh, um, eating each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's not going to happen eventually. That's happening soon. Okay, wait. So no, I'll give you a hint. sort of nature's version of downsizing. Will start to shrink? Yes, that humans will start to shrink eventually. Now, historically, it turns out smaller mammals are better at dealing with extreme temperatures. So this expert thinks that humans may evolve to become smaller in response to global warming, like horses did during a warming period 55 million years ago. It's a little-known scientific fact. Ponies evolved when somebody put a horse in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense, though, because I'm, like, real short and super comfortable with heat. You're right. You're going to, you're going to, you. I've already, I am the future (laughs) of the human race. (laughs) Wait, so if it gets colder, do we get taller? Is that how science works? No, sadly. You know how it is. If it gets hotter, we shrink. If it gets colder, we shrink. (laughs) Very good. Oh, right. Right, right. Subtle enough where you can get it through. Yeah, you think. Get it on air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not not if you point it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Good point, Peter. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Luke, there's a hot new trend in restaurants. Fine diners in New York have taken to enjoying a new delicacy called what? Um, it's, is it a, something we wouldn't traditionally consider to think of as food? No, it's actually something we, people have been eating, especially rich people known for eating it, but they're eating it in a new way. Okay. Uh, is it caviar? It is. How are they eating their caviar? Straight from the fish. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a way of combining caviar, one enthusiasm of the very wealthy, with another enthusiasm of the wealthy, cocaine. They're snorting it. I'll give it to you. They're doing what are called caviar bumps. So, <laughs> through their nasal cavities? No. Off yeah, of the, the toilet in the bathroom at <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely great news for those of you who are interested in identifying the very worst people there are. All you need to do is look for people who are spooning very expensive caviar onto the back of their hands and then licking it up. It's called the caviar bump. And it was uh, first seen on Satan's Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want like that, like nice, like hand salt to go exactly. on. Exactly. Is there a way to free base it and sell it at a lower cost? <laughs> Maybe. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you cut it with another? Yeah. With what like would two you th- cut caviar with to sell it on the street? Like little pop rocks? What? <laughs> Boba tea. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website waitwait.npr.org. Come see us here at our new Chicago home, the Studebaker Theater, and in Philadelphia at the Mann Center on June 30th and at Wolf Trap outside of Washington, D.C., August 25th and 26th. If that is not enough, wait, wait for you. First of all, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Secondly, you can see the Wait, Wait stand-up tour kicking off in Salt Lake City and Denver later this month. Tickets for all those shows can be found at nprpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This is Lois Brown, and I'm in Shutesbury, Massachusetts. That's terrific. Shutesbury, Massachusetts. It sounds like a Massachusetts town someone made up to sound like a Massachusetts town. Could be. Could be. It's a a little town just outside of Amherst. Okay, and what do you do there in that alleged town of Shutesbury, Massachusetts? Well, I am an advocate for people with disabilities. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for doing that very important work. So it's all about the money for you. (laughs) Out there, rubbing for those dollars to make the lives somehow better. Must be nice. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Lois. Uh, Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you will be a winner. Are you ready to play? You got it. I'm ready. Here's your first limerick. Though double-stuffed cookies are thicker, our way of ingesting is quicker. We do not twist and dunk, we distill and get drunk. We turn Oreos into sweet... Liquor? Liquor, yes. A whiskey company in Texas has distilled a new liquor from Oreos. The process involved blending smashed up Oreos with yeast and water. The yeast is necessary for the fermentation and the smashing them up is necessary because no one is going to leave an intact Oreo lying around for that long without eating it. The process results in 145-proof Oreo liquor with, quote, notes of cream cheese, sourdough, and dirty chocolate. How audacious (laughs) to create a liquor you already have to be drunk to drink. (laughs) 
or Oreo liquor. What's next? Hy- Hydroxycontin? Hey, oh. Hey. Wow. Oh, brother. Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> if this catches on, your friends will be like, oh, man, someone else has to drive. I got a D-U-O. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. Here, here's your next limerick. Though lovers of water will scoff me, caffeine jitters never lay off me. With cream or just black, it's a medical hack. I live longer if I drink more coffee. Yes, coffee, a new study from the Annals of Internal Medicine, which is one typo away from being a much more interesting magazine, (laughs) found a correlation between coffee and a surprising amount of health benefits, which is an ironic study because this is coffee. If it came out the other way and the study was like, oh no, it'll kill you instantly, people would be like, oh, great, and go see if anybody made another pop. Hmm. Can there just, I feel like all of the coffee studies are like every man I dated in my 20s. I'm getting so many mixed signals. Every year there's a different study that coffee's horrible and then it's great. Now it's giving you longevity. I mean, what is the final determination? I want the final determination. Tea is consistently, everyone always says it's good. I've never heard anyone say tea could harm right. in there any aren't, way. Yeah, there aren't the back and forth studies on tea. There's a 100% chance of having a cozy evening if you go with tea. Yes. Here is your last limerick. In Vegas, the chapels can't sell bliss, for Graceland's PR team has quelled this. The face of the king is strictly our thing. Your weddings cannot feature... Die Elvis. Yes, Elvis. For decades, many Las Vegas wedding chapels have given people the option of being married by an Elvis impersonator. But now the company that owns the rights to use Elvis likeness have said, uh, no thank you, no thank you very much. <laughs> no. So, God. Some chapel owners have woken up to cease and desist orders, while some of the couples who got married there the night before have woken up to, we did what? <laughs> but, isn't it, but isn't it like if you remix it by 10%, it could, well, you could still basically use it? Yeah. So like throw oh, wow, one, have... like, a, like a soul patch, an extra mm-hmm. one, and then he's Schmelvis, and then you're good. Well, there is a law in Nevada that protects performing as Elvis if you are advancing his life story or his creative work. So if you wanted to be an Elvis impersonator and sing the songs, you can do that. If you are a mechanic who dresses like Elvis, you can't do that. So right. how serious are we about Nevada being in the union? <laughs> Where do we land on that? Bill, how did Lois do in our quiz? Did great, three in a row. Congratulations, Lois, you did fabulous. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thanks, Lois, take care. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming, and many are burned out without even knowing it. Ongoing struggles in any of life's roles can lead to fatigue and feeling helpless. Prioritize yourself by talking with someone. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers video, phone, and live chat sessions with a professional therapist. 
Be matched with your therapist within 48 hours and get 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash wait. One more time, before I rattle off the list of the people who do the actual work around here, NPR is doing its annual survey to better understand how listeners like you spend time with podcasts. Please help us out by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org slash podcast survey. We would really appreciate your help to support NPR podcasts. That's npr.org slash podcast survey. And thanks. Now on to our final game, lightning fill in the blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Hari and Nagin each have two. Luke has three. All right. So Luke is in the lead. Hari and Nagin are both in second. I am going to arbitrarily choose you, Hari, to go first. Here we go. On Tuesday, Matthew McConaughey spoke at the White House in favor of stronger blank. Gun control. Yes. On Monday, British Prime Minister blank survived a vote of no confidence. Boris Johnson. Yes. On Wednesday, it was reported that Karen Bass and Rick Caruso would have a runoff election for mayor of blank. Denton, Texas. Los Angeles. This week, police arrested a man for grand thefts after they pulled him over and found thousands of dollars worth of stolen blank in his trunk. Gold ingots. No. Loose <laughs> avocados. On Sunday, to address the nationwide shortage, the factory-making blank in Michigan started restarted production. Baby formula? Yes. This week, a remote press event for a TV show went awry after Zoom glitched and every interviewer was suddenly blanked. Turned into puppies. No. <laughs> they were all suddenly named Steven. <laughs> after the glitch, the name in the Zoom window of every single attendee of this event for what we do in the shadows became Stephen. All Stevens. It made taking questions difficult. Okay, looks like the next question is from Stephen. No, I mean Stephen. Stephen? No, Stephen, you're muted. Stephen? No, it's your turn. Stephen, stop talking. It's Stephen's turn. Bill, how did Hurry do on our quiz? He got three right, six more points for a total of eight, and he is in the lead. All right. Nagin, you're up next. Fill in the blank. This week, the national average for blank prices in the U.S. reached $5. Yes. Yes. On Monday, five members of white supremacist group Blank were charged with seditious conspiracy. The Proud Boys? Yes. This week, the White House detailed Blank plans for kids under five. Vaccines? Yes. In response to a huge number of delayed flights, Singapore Airlines have started blanking. Boating people over. No. Good idea, though. Referring to delayed flights as retimed flights. (laughs) On Monday, it was reported that President Biden would take executive action to support Blank panel production. Solar panel? Yes. On Thursday, the World Health Organization warned that blank pox cases continued to rise. Monkey pox. Yes. This week, a new product called Sniffins was released, which are mittens designed to blank. To the sniffins? Yes. That you sniffins. sniff sniff them. Sniffins. Mittens, but you've got to smell them all the time. No. They're mittens <laughs> the specifically designed to wipe your nose on. Oh, you know, you're outside, cold winter days, you use your mitten, it's terrible and disgusting. Uh, Well, these are specifically designed for it. The outside of the mitten is made of a soft, absorbent material, which is perfect for gently removing the snot from your face. It's great for the person wearing it. Let me warn you, you do not want to be hit by a snowball made from someone wearing it. My daughter already has sniffins. Yes. (laughs) All right, Bill, how did Nagin do in our quiz? Very well. Five right, ten more points. She is in the lead with 12. All right. How many, then, does Luke need to win? Five to win. Not a big deal, Luke. Here we go. This is for the game. On Tuesday, an FDA panel endorsed a possible new blank vaccine. COVID. Right. 
On Wednesday, Ukrainian officials said they may have to pull back from eastern cities after blank forces launched a brutal attack. Russian. Yes, this week, lawyers for former Trump advisor Steve Bannon subpoenaed the House Committee investigating blank. January 6th. Yes, according to a report from the World Bank, most countries will have a hard time avoiding a blank. Recession. Right. This week, caller representative Lauren Boebert is under investigation for reimbursing herself for blanking during her campaign. Firing her gun directly at a flag. No, for driving, <laughs> for driving a distance almost twice the circumference of the earth. On Thursday, the National Weather Service warned of a dangerous blank bringing record temperatures to the southwest. Heat wave. Yes, on Wednesday, Twitter announced they would give internal data relating to fake accounts and bots to blank. Elon Musk. Yes, this week a mom in Missouri surprised her single daughter by telling her that she had signed her daughter up for blank. Lauren Boebert's campaign. No. <laughs> for the next season of reality makeout show Love Island. <laughs> Love Island, of course, is this dating show where a bunch of really attractive single people in swimsuits make out on camera, and what mom would not be proud to see her daughter hook up with six different guys who are all named Colby. <laughs> Bill, did Luke do well enough to win? He needed five. He got six. Whoa. He's the champion with 15 this week. Wow. For just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict, now that we've done four-day work weeks, what will be the next big change for workers? Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our tour manager is Shayna Donald. B.J. Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, Lillian King, and Nancy Seichow. Our production assistant is Sophie Hernandez-Samuanitha. Special thanks to Blythe Robertson this week. Peter Gwynn is now called Stephen Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White, her CFO is Colin Miller, our production manager is Robert Newhouse, our senior producer is Ian Chillog, the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mr. Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next big change to office life? Hari Kondabolu. No pants Thursdays. <laughs> Nagin Farsad. A mandatory use of the Comic Sans font on all business things. <laughs> and Luke Burbank. For the employee of the month, a special parking spot and free licks at the salt wall. Whoa! <laughs> if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. <laughs> Thanks also to Hari Kondabulu, Nadine Farsad, and Luke Barbank. Thanks to everyone at WBEZ, and a very special thanks to Erica Berger, Jacob Harvey, Kevin Stott, and the entire staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. Thanks to all of you at home for listening. I am Peter Sagel. We'll see you next week. This is NPR.